Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Commencing Garage Logic segment number one. Well, it is the best week of the year, Fourth of July week. Yeah, but it's on Wednesday, Scott. That makes it even better. I, you break up the week, man. I one hundred percent take a agree day or two off. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it is middle of July. I think about this week when it's like January. You know, you think of this week in July, mm-hmm. and you know this year. And I've heard all the people complain about the heat, which I will never do ever, yeah, you can't. ever, never. If it's above 50 and not raining, I'm happy. It could be 120. I like it. But uh, as brutal as that April was, right? Yeah, that, April 14th. That was, brutal. That was the... That that's the worst brutal, April. That's the definition of it right there. But May was like July. June was like August. I mean, it's been tremendous. May and June have been tremendous because they've been hot and they've been summer-like. And well, I wonder I, what's I, in store for our future. Here. I will trade a terrible April if May and June are going to be like that. Now, I've got a couple GL things here for okay. you. Okay. Good, because you're uh, hosting the show. Well, yeah. yeah. Korzanowski and Versuch. Um, So this, I believe, if it wasn't a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, it should be, which is... The smoke detectors start to beep in your house. Oh, You've all chirping? experienced it, yes. right? Yes. And they chirp about every 45 seconds or maybe every minute. And You start to time it in your mind. Well, you have to find it. I mean, I have difficulty finding which one it is. Right. Because you think it's here and you go, nope, it's a little bit, it must be the next room over. Then you go the next room over and then it's the one to the right. And, you, and then it stops chirping. I mean, it might stop chirping for two days and then it starts again. Right. So I had one, and I've we have a couple of dogs. Okay, actually we have three, Shih Tzus, and that we you we train them with those collars. Oh yeah, you have the yep. electric fence, and then we don't want them to go upstairs. So if they wear their collars in the house, we put a little little disc that sends out the signal right by the stairs. Stay away. And if they get near the stairs, they and what they do is they hear the chirping, and so when they hear the chirping, they know they're about to get stung, and they freeze. Ooh. So the one dog, Ooh. Nate, is hearing this chirping with the smoke detector, and he thinks it's his collar, even though he doesn't have his collar on, because he's a dog. He's not right, very smart. Right. He's not one hundred percent. No, but he's so he's laying in the bed, completely shaking, and he will oh. not move. Oh boy! So this is this morning, and it's like four thirty in the morning. Yep. And I said, "Well, I, I've got to go fix this thing." So you go into the process. You go to this room. You go to that room, and it's in the room where the two kids are sleeping. The two, the is. two twenty-five-year-olds are sleeping. Yep, and they're not waking up because no, they're twenty-five and they were up late and they can sleep through anything. Right. You know, you get to be my age, you, you, I can sleep through stuff, but once I wake up, I'm up. I'm up. Yep. You Knowing that, right? Yes. I mean, so this morning I never went back to bed. It's right. like I once I'm up, I, I ain't going back to bed. Right? Age thing. Yeah. So I've got to go and you fix could go this. in there banging pots and pans, and those kids aren't going to wake no. up. No, I mean it's it's like right above the the bed. Yeah. And there, and I, I finally said, to, I said to my wife, I said, should I go in and wake him up? She goes, well, you're going to have to. I mean, the, the dog's freaking out, you know. And and so I brought the dog outside, and then he wouldn't come back in. I had to go out and like bring him in, and he's like shaking because he oh, thinks no. it's going. On. 
But then you got to go, and then do, it's at the hardest spot to reach, and because I'm really it's not never at, right in the middle, you just grab no, and it's it. like a slope to, and it's not, and I'm not really a GLer because I do not have a lot of tools. Okay, you know, and I don't have a very, and, and I, I appreciate you, I appreciate you admitting that. Yeah. That 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 shows some. Uh, we'll have some empathy for you. That well, that will I'm bring getting us. better. I built. Uh, so anyway, so the the daughter gets up on the ladder, and she can reach. She has like really long arms, and she went up and she took it down. I put the battery in and put it so it was fixed. You had nine volts uh, on the ready. Had the ready. nine volts. Had okay. two left. Okay, good, I've got to get back to the store. Yeah. I I'm a person when I buy batteries, I buy a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we've got literally hundreds of batteries just sitting. When I go every time I go to Home Depot, I buy the big thing of batteries because right. you, you, I you're going to need you, them when you need them. You don't want to have to go to the store. You keep the extras in the fridge. No, I don't either. Should you do that? I heard that's. I don't know if that's legit or not. I don't. Well, I've, I actually read where if you keep bread in the fridge, it doesn't help it stay fresh longer. But my wife does not agree with that. She keeps bread in the fridge. She uh, keeps coffee in the fridge. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. No coffee's in the cupboard. Uh, coffee's in the cupboard and bread's in the uh, cupboard. Yeah, unless you, unless you buy like three loaves and you put it in the freezer until you get to it. If you like over. Is that if you go to Sam's Club and you're forced well, to buy seven loaves? No, of bread? well, like just buy. I really hate going to the store, so when we get it, I just get a bunch of them and then throw them in the freezer. Anything to skip yeah, going to the store. I don't know about bread out of the freezer. but uh, yeah. you know, Alkaline own. batteries stored at room temperature self-discharge at a rate of less than 2% per year. So if you live yeah. in a very hot climate or are storing your batteries in a very hot location, it may be worthwhile for you to store your alkaline batteries in a refrigerator instead. Well, okay. it's only 2% a year. Right. So like, like if it's... So I'm like. So what was two percent? So in fifty years it'll be dead. You know, I, yeah, I, so I, I'm guessing that that if I haven't used the battery in fifty years, I've since lost it. Is okay. that not the most Minnesotan right. thing ever, though? Yeah, that is. That because is I don't want to lose two percent of my battery, I'm going to put them in the fridge. There are things that when you bought, when I go to the store to buy certain things, buy a lot of it. Booze, for one. So yeah, right. It doesn't go bad in bulk, right? It doesn't yep, go bad. Yep. Uh, so why go back? Right. You know, that Keep kind going. of going. Yeah, (laughs) exactly right. Pretty soon your liquor store will be texting you like Cameron's does to me saying, hey, Hey. how about uh, coming by this week? She's on sale. You get get texts from your liquor store. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of our running joke because it usually comes, it's Thursday, right? Right before payday. Yeah. I think George over at Cameron's knows what day I'm paid on. (laughs) So he usually Wednesday, Thursday kind of sneaks in a little, uh, hey. uh, And then Rook will look over at me and give me the up nod like, yep, got it. A giant like Rook, (laughs) you're not living paycheck to paycheck, Rook. Oh, heavens no. I've got millions and millions. (laughs) Well, you do. You're, you're, You're the Rook. Yeah. Right, exactly right. So, but Rook likes to have a cocktail every once. Well, time. so do I. I mean, it's uh, you know, when I lose weight, people always say to me, "Well, what do you do?" And I said, "Do you do you stop?" I said, "No, drinking's a necessity." I said, "There's there's other things I take out. Right, other I can things. take sweets. Out food. I'll take out food. Uh, food. I can eat way less food. <laughs> yes. Exactly. There's things you have to. Other garage logic things. So I moved down to a lake. I built. I didn't know this. Yeah, I bought a and 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 uh, over in your Jarvis. Over okay, yeah, the Gardy's yeah. old lake. Love it. Great, and so. There was this really old, crappy dock that came with the house. We wheeled it out there. And so I had a neighbor helping me, and I said, God, this dock is terrible. And he says, the dock, in other words, the structure's good, but the planks on top, you just need to replace those. I said, yeah, like I can do that. Right, you can do that. But I did it. You did? I built 30 feet of dock planks in my garage, and one of my neighbors says, what, did you buy a kit? I said, no, I didn't buy it. There's no kit for that. <laughs> I went, to, I measured everything and got the wood cut and Corzo, put it together really, and made it myself. This really puts you uh, uh, a rung or two above. I'm moving up. Your, your entry I've level hung, position. I've hung cabinets. It, when you overspend for a house, 
all of a sudden you start doing stuff yourself. Yeah. That's all I can say. <laughs> yes. That actually absolutely forces it. And <laughs> That's how it works. Well, and we got a minute or here too, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we do, for so, sure. So because I'd overspend for the house, I had to buy, bought this used pontoon. Nice pontoon, 20 years old. Pontoon's in great shape, but the engine's pretty old. And I thought, well, maybe I'll get a year out of it. Yeah. yeah I was having trouble starting it. Having trouble, the battery kept dying. Mm-hmm. So I bring it into Dan. Yep. I call him Dan Dockside, a yep. Dockside Marine. He finally, after sitting on it for two weeks, and I was calling him going, ah, Dan, uh, could you could you look at it? Right, it's 90 he goes, degrees I, He goes, I take them in the order I get them. I said, all right, fair enough. Calls me today, he says, shot. He does like this pressure test, shot. So I, I, so I used that motor for about a month. So... <laughs> So now, I'm, if anyone's looking to sell like a 40 to 50 horsepower <laughs> outboard for cocktail cruise. four stroke, you know, yes. in my pontoon, I'm looking for one. Yeah. Uh, I, I That's think all I, you need. I think I'm going to take it off Dan's because I can get it started and I have a battery charger. So every time I use that, I just bring the battery and it's just a pain to start. Right. So it'll still run for a while until he does a test, some sort of a test on it. But plus you're running out of time for this uh, year anyway. Well, no, you were still in the heart of it. You got all of oh, July, all of, July. of August, it, it, all of September. You turn the corner once it's 4th of there's July. There's three it's months left. There's, there's kind of like a 21st year. You're, you're, now, I know this is garage logic, but when we come back, yep. I mean, I've just got to talk a little bit about LeBron James. You okay with that, Rook? Oh, yeah. No, I think we should. I, I, uh, I want to hear a garage logic perspective on that because uh i have some things to say okay about we'll Libra. talk about that All right. when you're absolute beginners it's a panoramic view this guy has seen more urban wildlife than a dnr field agent with a phd Joe Suchere. It is a beautiful 84 degrees out there. Uh-huh. I think that singer agrees with you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I'll say, like I said, when it's 98 and humid, I love it outside too. I still spend a lot of time outside just going and cool down. I love to do yard work when it's like super hot. Really? Things, you get out there, you sweat a little bit. I kind of feel like a man. You know, it's good. <laughs> On Friday, I was... um. Not a lot of sod, but I was laying some sod. Oh, yeah. That it was. I, at, at some point, you just say, forget this. I'm going to get dirty, and I'm going to get sweaty, and you yeah. just you, you buy into it wholeheartedly. Well, you know, we had to. I had to put a little sod in my yard because when we moved into this house one night, we were kind of sitting out. We had we were kind of starting to do figure out what we're going to do, the, and we had a big fire. Yeah, we had like old piece of dock we were burning, yeah. and we realized we were almost lit a tree on fire because it was above us. Oh, because it was high. Yeah. So now we have it was like a. It was, so now we have a, we had a big dirt spot because we figured well we can't have a tire fire there, <laughs> and then another night a couple weeks later we had a second one. So we have two big dirt spots. I I did one with the sod, but the other one still might be where we have our fires. We'll okay, see. all those um. All those points that you gained by yeah. doing your own doc, you're kind of you're pushing back a little bit here. So well, you know, there, there had been a few cocktails, and you don't always think about everything <laughs> no. uh, when you're. That's you're, a fire! Hey, <laughs> it was a great fire. Right? We got up in the morning. So, whoa, <laughs> that tree! The, the tree has survived, but it was. Uh, we it had to like cut it was down. from the haunted forest. Yeah, it, it had kind of been been fried a little bit. So, on the LeBron, now I'm going to tell you where I'm coming from, Rook, Bring because it. I try to come from a position of what I think is right and wrong, not what I like or what I don't like. For okay. example, I don't like that LeBron is going to the Lakers and now my beloved Timberwolves who are being run by a bozo and Thibodeau 
are going to be even more. It's just more hopeless. And the Lakers have been terrible. And just like that, they get LeBron. And they've done, you know, because they're the Lakers and it's Magic Johnson and they can get whatever they want whenever they want, even though they've run a horrible organization for the last eight or nine years. Right. I think they won the title in 2010. Since then, they've been terrible. LeBron goes there because it's the Lakers. That kind of irritates me. But my feeling in in all pro sports is I'm a huge believer that that the pl- I like seeing the players have some power. Mm-hmm. I like seeing the players, especially the great players like LeBron, who's, you know, whether you think he's better than Michael Jordan or not, I think everyone is pretty much going to agree that LeBron is one or two. Okay, he's one yeah, of the two. Yes. He's he's one of the two best. Him and Michael are, are really separated from everybody else mm-hmm. as far as the two best players in NBA history. And and so LeBron because the NBA has this salary cap and not just a salary cap, but a salary cap which says here's how much money every team can spend, which I'm okay with. That's negotiated. Uh you know, the, I think the players get 50% of the basketball revenue has to be paid to the players. Mm-hmm. And then they divide it by each team and that's how much each team can spend. So the players have negotiated how much money they can get, and then the owners keep the other 50%, and they have all the expenses to pay out of that. So they've worked that deal. You know, They've negotiated it. The arm's-length transaction, it's a fair deal because they both agreed to it. I have no problem with that. But but I have a problem with the NBA that they have got caps that one player can make. No other other sport in hockey doesn't have it. Uh, uh, Baseball doesn't have it. NFL doesn't have it. If you wanted to give all your salary cap to one player, you might have a problem fielding a team, but there'd be no rule precluding you from doing it. Right. So LeBron every year, even though he's making $35 million, and the cap is about $100 million, there would be teams out there, if they didn't have this rule and they had enough cap space, they would pay LeBron more than $35 million. I mean, you could pay LeBron $70 million. He's so good because if the other guys are just average, you're, gonna, you're probably right, going to go so to the NBA Finals. Right. So LeBron is not ma- – a lot of the, the money that should be going to LeBron is going to other good players, but they're not as good as him. And so, so Le- the one thing LeBron – and look, I'm not crying for LeBron. The guy's I- making a huge amount of money. But, but the one thing that I like that, that this allows LeBron to do is he can do what he wants. You know, he can go – he can decide what team he's going to go to. Uh, you know, who, if, if he can get other players to come with him. So I very much like that LeBron has the ability – to kind of control his destiny, given that I think players are, you know, are really there. They're technically employees, but not really. They're not fungible. Uh, it's like it's like at this station. I mean, is Sush really an employee? I mean, Sush is, is a huge asset at this station, has been for many years. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think when you're talking about NBA players where the whole league has 450 players, these are of all the people that from young people that play basketball, these these are the four hundred and fifty best players in in what they do. That's a small group. Right. Yeah, that's not very many. No, and it, they're not necessarily fungible. I mean, you you can't replace a LeBron. You can't replace a Kevin You can't replace these stars. And so I like that LeBron has played the system to his advantage to do what he thinks is best for him. So that part of it I really like. Now, what's your thoughts? You said you had some thoughts on LeBron. Uh, uh I don't know where to be on on uh, uh, what is he now? LeBron. You can call him Le- instead of what he's. I always call him LeBron because, Le- but now they call him LeBron. L A Bron. LeBron because he's at the Los Angeles. Like LeBron. And I love LeBron. You don't like LeBron, I can tell. Uh, I respect the fact that he is an amazing player, yes. and he's always going to be compared to Michael Jordan and the traveling issue and all that other stuff. What I don't like about LeBron is the way he came into the NBA. With a potential, you know, mom had a nice car already, and they weren't. There was not. 
There was some shady things when he came into but the But he NBA. never went to college. He never got his college scholarship. No, no. So, so, so he was getting all this while he was in high school. Right. Under the table. Uh, and, uh, I, I guess I have to give myself a, uh, a we don't know that officially, but... Uh, we don't know. I believe LeBron played at his high school. I mean, he grew up in Akron, and I believe he played... Now, it might have been a private school. But I'm not sure, but he, it's not like he went to one of these... Uh, prep schools like uh, uh, Gary Trent Jr. who played uh, at Apple Valley and then he went and played at some prep school right? Uh, or, you know, IMG Academy, which some guys go to, you know, like Tyus Jones and Trey Jones, they stayed at Apple Valley. Right. They didn't or they could have even been recruited and gone to like a Hopkins or something and they didn't. But anyway, go on. But anyway, so uh, it, it just uh, that uh, shady start kind of soured me to begin with. OK, uh, then the fact that he went uh, I'm going to leave uh, and go to Miami. And it was this big production. I'm going to do this. I'm going to now. I'm going to bless the people of Cleveland and come back here again. Um, I, and now he wants to go to LA. I don't like that manu artificial manufacturing of we are going to be a great team. I, I I respect that. I don't hate him at all. I just respect him less because he he doesn't have to be Larry Bird staying in Boston and if you've got a good team you you gel you or go Or Michael to the Jordan. I mean he you know until he retired until he you know stepped away for what a year and a half, 2 years. Uh a lot of people think because he had gambling problems uh and then you know then he retired. Yep. And then he came back with Washington, but no, but he you know but he was on a team that had a great coach, Scottie Pippen, one of the 50 best players of all time and a great team. Yeah, and that's uh, I guess I, I respect an athlete that sticks with one team. You don't have to, but as big as he is, I hated the fact that he said, "Let's get a crew down uh, to Miami and do this." Let's. Uh, that's what I don't like, and but, that really sours me. And why? I mean, to me, to me, one of the things that, to me, what sours me about the the number one thing you can do as a professional athlete athlete to sour me, is what I would essentially call stealing money. Andrew Wiggins signs a $25 million contract and doesn't even play hard. That offends me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so when I see a player that plays hard, that is delivering, uh, when you pay your money to go see him play, he's delivering the money and that cares a lot about winning games. He, he's not, you know, he could just say, well, I'm going to go play, score my 30 points a game, cash my checks. He actually wants to win championships. And so if he's on a team that isn't doing it for him, he's going to go find a team that will do it for him. So that's why I like it, but I can see your point. Yeah, and again, I'm not. I don't hate him or dislike him. I just it it rubs me the wrong way. I, well, I, you're not alone. You know, it's but he's been a great. Uh, you know, still married to the same woman that he met in high school. Uh, raises his family. Uh, you know, runs successful businesses. Um, he's charitable. I'm sure. You yeah, know, I'm I mean, not, again, I'm not going after the guy, but I just it something about it tells me um, he's not one of the guy. Well, he's he's you know like I said in the history of pro- professional basketball, which has been around for about sixty years or something, uh, he's the second best player of all time. No, he's not a regular guy. There's no doubt about that. No, he's and the, I think he's the best player of all time. But I I, I I'm not going to get into a debate yeah, over debate Jordan. Goes, or, I don't know no, enough about it to no, say who's better. Anyway. To me, they're both great. I yeah. mean, it's just they have differences, and you I like to talk about their differences because they are different in a lot of ways. But but to say who's better than the other guy, I'm just saying if I had my choice, 22 years old. And I get I get to pick the first player, and they're all twenty two, and I get to pick the guy yep. in the league. I'm taking LeBron. Yeah, uh, of course I would not. agree. Uh, Garage Logic will be right back. Yep. 
ESPN Twin Cities newsroom and Johnny Height. Thanks, Corzo. Sunny at 84 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Uh, the Twins, they're not uh, th- 35 and 45 on the season. They were swept by the Cubs over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, Cubs scoring uh, more than 10 runs in all three games. They now move on to play the Brewers in Milwaukee, the Twins, that is. Kyle Gibson will pitch for the Twins tonight. Lefty Brent Suter will pitch for Milwaukee. Jorge Polanco, uh, no official word yet, but he is eligible today uh, to come off his suspension. So uh, chances are he'll be on the roster and in the lineup. Well, I hope four. so. With the crew they're putting, if he can't break in this lineup, I mean, <laughs> he's well-rested. I guess he didn't get all worn out by that heat in Chicago. Did the Twins put in their response? Quest to Milwaukee that they close the roof and set the temperature. Rate it, I think, 70.5. Because if it's under 70, it's a little too cold for the Twins. And if it's a little over, it's a little too warm for them, apparently. Well, but the conditions were bad for both teams. Because the well, Cubs not, had, like, four guys come out of the it game, was too. sunnier on the other Chicago side. Not, not according to the Twins. I mean, remember at the start of the year? Well, we got off to a slow start. Why? It's too cold. cold. Now they're struggling because it's too hot. I said, so, you know, maybe they should have, maybe they should build themselves a dome, the Twins. Yeah. Uh, somebody, I think it was Bremer, had the stat this weekend. Everybody thought when it warmed up, the averages would go up, but apparently they've gone down yeah. since that first uh, month. Yeah, they and a half stink, this Dick. It's it's not the weather; it's they stink. We stinks. We stink. Well, but poor Bobby Wilson on Saturday. Oh God! I thought he's he's going to die. Mix in a salad, Bobby. That's the other thing I'd say. I did. Uh, I did yesterday in the paper. They quoted Bobby as saying he didn't really remember that whole sequence no. of what happened. Well, he actually got on base and scored a run. You think that'd be very memorable for Bobby Wilson? But apparently not. Wow, it's a tough crew today. Uh, news notes from today. The aunt of a three-year-old girl who was rescued from an Arden Hills lake in May has been charged with two counts of child endangerment. Court records show 32-year-old Jennifer Ray Chapman of Blaine was charged in Ramsey County Court. According to the criminal complaint, Ramsey County Sheriff's Department deputies responded to Lake Johanna in Arden Hills about 2.45 in the afternoon on May 26th. There, they found a three-year-old girl lying on her back, surrounded by people performing CPR. Authorities credited the quick thinking of 11-year-old Everett Melling for her initial rescue. The criminal complaint says Chapman was there as well and traveled with the girl in the ambulance. The complaint goes on to state an investigator spoke with multiple witnesses to the incident. Several reportedly had seen the girl floating face down in the water about 15 feet from shore in around 4 feet of water. Those witnesses allegedly said the girl was not wearing a flotation or safety device and no lifeguard was on duty. Chapman allegedly told an investigator she had taken the girl and other kids to the beach. At one point, while the children played in the water, she left to use the bathroom. She reportedly said the girl was in very shallow water at the time, several inches deep. Come on. She estimates she was gone, quote, for only two to three minutes, she said. That's long uh, We don't that. know that. When asked who had been watching the girl while she was away, she's alleged to have said no one because she figured she was going to be away only briefly. Wow. The complaint alleges she stupid did the are child you? live? Yes. Okay. Yep. God, you're lucky. Yes. Complaint alleges she also knew the girl was not wearing a flotation device, had no water safety experience, and was not self sufficient in a water environment. Yeah. Because the child was three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she reportedly said she had made it clear to all the children that they were to stay in the water that was waist deep or shallower. She found the girl was able to understand boundaries and consequences. That's a yeah. her story. Yeah, well, children. That's a tough story. You know, yeah. if you tell a three-year-old to stay in a certain area, they're they're oh, always yeah. going to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. St. Paul police have announced two people now have been arrested in connection to that fatal shooting at the Hmong Freedom Festival in Como, 
Regional Park yesterday afternoon. A tweet from the department said 27-year-old Nogai Zhang of St. Paul and 28-year-old Yang Huao Zhang of La Crosse, Wisconsin, have been taken into custody. Nogai is being held on suspicion of second-degree murder and on an outstanding warrant. Yang is being held on suspicion of aiding and abetting. Police said the man was shot twice, taken to Regent Hos- uh, Regents Hospital in critical condition. He later died. President Trump's longtime personal lawyer, who once said he wouldn't do he would do anything to protect the president, told ABC News in an interview today he now puts quote family and country first. In Michael Cohen's first interview since federal agents raided his home and hotel room as part of a probe into his personal business dealings, he was asked what he'd do if prosecutors forced him to choose between protecting the president and protecting his family. He said, my wife, my daughter, and my son have my first loyalty and always will I put family and country first. ABC's George Stephanopoulos said he asked Cohen repeatedly if he was considering cooperating with prosecutors. Cohen responded if he's charged with anything, he would defer to his new lawyer in the case, Guy Petrillo, for advice. Cohen was also asked how he might respond if the president or his legal team came after him and tried to discredit him. He said, I will not be a punching bag as part of anyone's defense strategy. I'm not a villain in this story. I will not allow others to try and to pick me that way. Cohen also told ABC he did not agree with President Trump's recent tweet repeating Vladimir Putin's claim that Russia did not interfere in the election. He said, simply accepting the denial of Mr. Putin is unsustainable. I respect our nation's intelligence agency's unanimous conclusions. Miracle story. Rescue divers found 12 boys and their soccer coach alive in a Come on. After the soccer team went missing more than a week earlier in northern Thailand. Wow. Rescue teams spent much of today making preparations for what was hoped would be the final push in their search for the team. It was, and hours later, Zhang Rai Provincial Governor Narugasak Austin Ancorn confirmed that all of the 13 missing individuals had been found alive. He said, we found all 13 safe. We will take care of them until they can move. The divers had concentrated on securing a rope line and putting oxygen tanks along a narrow passageway that led them to the boys aged 11 to 16 and their 25-year-old coach. They disappeared when flooding trapped them after entering the Tham Luang Nang Nan Cave on June 23rd. So what do they do? They just uh, randomly drill holes in a path so and put the uh, oxygen canisters through the hole? Uh, as I understood it, yes. And so what these, were these guys like touring caves? Is this where like tourists go or what? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think well, they, they parked their bikes, right? And they were, right. They, they were doing a bonding they were, thing. And they're trying to get away from the floodwaters. It started flooding. And, uh, so they were trying to. Well, it's like those guys, escape but what, it was about a month ago. Uh, some guys we were got over another by, canister over here, guys. <laughs> some guys were over by uh Minnehaha park. Yeah. Those guys. And then and it started, they were like in this tunnel and then all of a sudden the, the deluge hit and this water comes down and these guys were trapped because there was uh-huh. like a grade up there and they were like hanging up they were down there fishing just some guys yep. fishing down wow. by many and they got saved which was kind of a miracle but they were mm-hmm. like running out of room as the water was that would be terrifying uh, that would be i'm i'm already claustrophobic yeah. i couldn't handle that no if i go if i'm walking down looking to fish i ain't walking into a tunnel i'm not doing <laughs> Plus, it they i'd be afraid fish that, at the store don't they yeah i'd be afraid <laughs> that there might be like a mouse in there or something right. i'm in no one of those rats that is albino climb, wants to kill you I gotta it's, when, when we moved in this house, this deck, and under the deck, they, they left all sorts of trash in there. This yeah. house, and I said, "Well, I'm not climbing. I wouldn't climb under the deck for." Cr-. I just took a rake and tried to get it out. I'm not. Right. I don't like climbing into. Oh, You're completely. A wuss. Come on, 100. <laughs> percent And new research shows that coffee may boost chances yes. for a longer life. 
There it is. There's well, and, yeah, then I'll, I heard somebody say, you know, I, I had like three cups of coffee this morning. I said, well, yeah, that's like by eight in the morning I've had three. So <laughs> In a study of nearly half a million British adults, coffee drinkers had a slightly lower risk of death over 10 years than abstainers did. The apparent longevity boost was seen with instant, ground, and decaffeinated results that echo U.S. research. It's the first large study to suggest a benefit even to people with genetic glitches affecting how their bodies use caffeine. Overall, coffee drinkers were about 10% to 15% less likely to die than abstainers during a decade of follow-up differences by amount of coffee consumed and genetic variations were minimal. All right, Johnny. Uh, thanks for the thanks for the news update. You bet. Uh, when we come back, Dave Dahl on this beautiful day. This is normally when we would hear David Wallace Dahl and he would be chit-chatting with us, but you get to speak with the brand new and exciting Ren Claire, who is the new meteorologist here. Welcome, Ren. Thank you. Good afternoon. How are so, you guys so doing? Is this your first day of work? Um, this is my first day of actually going through the motions here and, and doing a couple shows tonight. Yes. So they stuck you with us. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, sorry. Wait a minute. Going through the motions. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I'm making sure. The motions. Week for you. I'm just going through the motions as well. There's no question about that, Ren. Well, Corzo. I did a lot of shadowing last week and now I'm actually, uh, doing the work. Okay. Corzo, when she came up, when Ren came up last week, yeah. uh, of course, her her name was Fogger. <laughs> Ren, just to give you some background, yeah. Joe's been on the air for twenty five years, just yes. doing Garage Logic. And I if do the know name that. isn't after a, a saint right. or conventionally spelled, you get the Foghorn. I agree. My with daughter's that. name was Fog, uh, Foghorn, which was McLaren. What? McLaren. It yeah. was kind of made up. You know, Ren. I think that's fair to to get the Foghorn. Ren. W R E N. Yes. Yes. Like mm-hmm. Ren Blair. Now, yes. Ren Blair used to be the North Star's what general manager or Correct. owner. Yes, mm-hmm. Ren Blair. And then, of course, when Ren went inside and met Joe and Patrick, they just caved. You know, they were real nice. Hey, hey, Yeah, hey, that's right. They're, they're true. People like to think Joe and Pat are these cantankerous old guys, and they kind of are. But at their hearts, they're really nice guys. I know that ruins it for everybody. If you meet them right. in person, they're wimps. Yeah, they are. Well, what's well, a beautiful day today, Ren. Yeah, n- no, no kidding. And you know what's making it so much more comfortable? I think everybody can agree it's a whole lot less humid than what we dealt with last week. Today, we're starting things out with plenty of sunshine. Highs are in the mid to upper 80s. We're at 84 currently in Minneapolis. And as we head through the day, we keep that sunshine around. Into the overnight hours, we do start to cloud over a little bit with partly cloudy skies. And we do have the chance for a couple storms late after midnight tonight. Best chance for that is going to be north and northwest of the metro. But we still could see uh, some heavy rain at times and some gusty winds, some potential for large hail as well. As we head into tomorrow morning, we have the slight chance for a couple lingering rain showers early in the morning. Again, most of that will stay to our north and our northwest. And into tomorrow, humidity levels start to rise a little bit, but it's a dry Tuesday forecast for us. Your fourth, unfortunately, looking to be the most active day of this work week. And we do have the likely chance for showers, thunderstorms, really soupy dew points back into the mid to low 70s. So it will be hot and uncomfortable with temperatures close to 90 for the fourth. And then into Thursday, still that slight chance for an isolated storm, but we'll start to see humidity levels drop off by the end of the week. 
All right. Thanks, Ren. Yeah. And you'll have uh, records for us uh, next hour? Oh, absolutely. Oh, does she know? She knows. (laughs) I I didn't know. I didn't know. Thank you, Ren. Thanks, Ren. No problem. I I didn't know. Um, Garage Logic, uh, we all know Sush and I have one thing in common. We have this love-hate relationship with golf. Yes. Uh, I'm in a love relationship now the last, like, three, four weeks. The first really love relationship I've had with golf for a long time. (laughs) You're hitting it well. Hitting it better. Yes. Uh, But I enjoy it even when I play badly. But... Somebody came up to me the other day, and there's this perception about golf that it is the gentleman's game, mm-hmm. right? That that the, these golfers call penalties on themselves, and and I've known for a long time, going back to my days when I was a sports writer and covered the golf tour, that that is a bunch of to use the the sush line B is in B, S is in S. Mm-hmm. There are guys on tour playing for millions of dollars. And if you get human beings into a competitive event where they're playing for millions of dollars, a large percentage of the people that are highly successful at their craft are going to take advantage of everything they can. You see it in right. any in every endeavor, but especially sports. I read a story on The Athletic this week about, and this is not un- unlawful, but you know how in college football how the coaches make these singles symbols to call in the plays? Yes. Because a lot of these college teams don't huddle. So they look to the sideline, and the coach is going through all these machinations, and almost every major college team hires a guy to just study the other team's signals so he can steal three or four plays a game. By by these guys are brilliant. They watch it. And in fact, the story I read was funny. It said that like a bootleg, he goes, This one team, when they were gonna run a bootleg, they point to like their foot like it's a boot. Fail. So yeah, or like <laughs> the power play, the power running, whatever that is, he would smash the hand. The guy goes, You gotta be a little more creative. Right. Than Come that. On, you can't give it away like that. And that's not technically cheating because they're making the if you can figure out the sim this, you know, right. You've heard the, the unwritten rules in baseball, which are some Something that twins seem to be obsessed with. And I think the twins maybe should become more obsessed with pitch, pitching, fielding, and hitting right. than, than teams that are breaking the unwritten rules. And I know in baseball, if you like if you steal signs that that's somehow viewed as a bad thing. I mean, in other words, if no, I can, not at all. I, yeah. don't they buzz guys when they, I mean, if you can figure out the signs they're doing and it you de- can signal to your own teammate, there's, I don't see anything un- unlawful or, or cheating about that. I don't, it depends on what you're doing. If you're standing at second base and you're signaling to the batter, what pitch is coming. Well, yeah. You're going to get a fastball. Right, to the but temple. but if I'm st- sitting in the dugout and I'm able to pick up the signs from the third base coach and indicate to my guys, what's going on. That's completely within the so, rules. So of the why game. isn't within the rules of the game of, if I'm second base and I can see the signal, I'm supposed to look away. Uh, well, you know, you're not supposed to look away, but it's it. it again, should, why should that not? Why should that? It's not against the rules. Okay, do you're better, right. Do a better job of, right. of coming up. With, but you're right. That's an unwritten rule. It well, is an unwritten rule, but it's kind of it. It it also, and I, I know a lot of people get turned off about this with baseball. I get completely turned off by it. It's. Yeah. It, <laughs> Unwritten rules. It's kind yeah. of a it's kind of a gentleman's agreement. Like if okay, you can go ahead and do that, but you're going to get drilled if you if you decide to do that. <laughs> you, you just are. It's stupid, I think. But okay. anyway, but that's anyway. okay. So at the PGA Tour today or Sunday, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, but Sush would like this story. There's a guy named Joel Dahman. He's kind of he's on the tour. I hadn't really heard of him much, yeah. but he was he was he was pretty played well in the tournament. He was in one of the last three or four or five groups on the weekend. Got paired with Tiger one day. Okay, and he's playing. With Sung Kang, who's also kind of an up and young coming. In fact, Sung Kang on Sunday, he's playing with him on Sunday. Sung Kang shot a 64 and he finished tied for third. Mm-hmm. So Sung Kang was having a good tournament. But on the 10th hole, uh, I think it was on the 10th hole. Let's see if I can find it. So they're playing, they're playing on the 10th hole and Sung Kang, it's a par five. 
and there's water down the left. Yep. And he's going for the green and two, but he's kind of got to shoot over the water. Yeah. And he hits it in the water. So the question was, did he just shoot it straight in the water or did it go over the water a little bit and then cross over land again and then go back in the water? Because you have to drop it. The oh. last time your ball is over land before it goes into a water hazard is where you have to drop it. So if there's like a like a little piece of land sticking out and you go over that land and then in the water, yep. you can drop it up there. If there's just you're just shooting it into a lake and it never goes over land, once it goes over the water, you got to drop it way back. Behind, okay. Yes, and so... So Sun Kang said, well, I can go drop it up way by the green. And this this Dahlman said, Joel Dahlman said, no, he was, playing, he was playing with him, so he's trying to protect the field. Right. And Joel Dahlman said, no, you can't. you got to drop it way back there. They, had, they, they took him a half an hour. A group played Ooh. through them like you're playing at a Muni when a faster group plays through a slow right. group. And the PGA official finally went with Sun Kang and said, no, I, I, I have no evidence to say that he's wrong. You can't prove it. Wow. So, so Sun Kang dropped it way up by the hole, dropped it, chipped it up, made a putt, made a par. And if he had dropped way back, he probably would have made bogey or double bogey. So after the round, Joel Dahman tweets, and here's what he said. Somebody said, why did it happen? He goes, he goes, he, Doug Common tweeted this. Yep. Kang cheated. Ooh. He took a bad drop from a hazard. I argued until I was blue. I lost. Later when Joel Dahman, because the players all hold the other player's card, right. they asked Joel Dahman why he signed the card if he thought that he cheated. He said, because I knew I wasn't going to win that argument. The PGA Tour official went on his side, and he goes, but he cheated. You, I don't ever remember a professional golfer saying that another professional golfer cheated. Right. You you hear it, talk about the unwritten rules of baseball. Right. In golf, you, you if you are around the tour, you hear it all the time. There's a, there's a famous play where Gary Player, years ago, was playing in, I think, the PGA, and he hit it down into the woods. And everybody's looking and couldn't find it. And all of a sudden, Gary says, I found the ball and chipped it out and knocked it on and made par and ended up winning the tournament. Hey. And people thought he, like, <laughs> pulled did, it out of his he pocket. Did, he did the Judge Schmales <laughs> and, like, yeah, dropped right. it through the hole in his right pocket. Here, yes. But but I want people to know that, that what's going on in the PGA Tour, uh, there are people that are taking advantage of the rules all the time, either legally or illegally. Ooh. And it's not this honorable game that everyone thinks. I think Sush might even know that, too. But I think, he, I, I just thought I'm going to bring it up to him. You bring it up to him. We'll take a break, come back, and wrap it up. Common sense would be this much fun. Joe Suchere. You know, Rick, when we come back at the top of the hour, I'm going to invoke the name of someone I think you used to work with. Didn't really? you work with Jesse? Oh, yeah, for a long time. We'll talk a little about uh, oh, Jesse good. when we come back. All right, 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. An almost perfect 84 degrees more with Coors.